You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. All right, so the kids are heading off to Kids Church, and we are in James chapter 5, and that is the passage on prayer. And I know that often we talk about prayer, people roll their eyes and they're like, yes, I know, I need to pray more. But this is, going through the book of James, we're talking about prayer, and I don't think anybody feels that they are totally adequate when it comes to prayer. So, if you are a prayer expert, get all of your prayers answered. Feel like you've got prayer mastered, I invite you to come on up and share with us some of your secrets, because... I always feel like I pray a lot, see a lot of answers to prayer. However, I don't get every answer to prayer. Sometimes I don't understand why I don't get the answers to prayer. I know that people have their own choices. God gives them free will. But I pray for certain things and they just don't happen. It's like, where's my church building? I've been faithful. We've got land. What's the holdup? Or um, things just, certain things, as you know in my life, haven't really worked out very well. Um, And other things have. Other things totally have. And God is the one who will be able to explain to me later in life uh, what exactly was going on there. But we are told to pray, and we shouldn't miss the incredible opportunity of prayer. We should pray for ourselves. We should pray for others. We should pray for our needs in prayer. We should be thankful and praise God in um, all the good things and even the bad things, knowing that God is in control. We shouldn't miss the incredible opportunity Prayer Prayer is actually one of those things that when you are old, if God still allows you to have your mind, maybe you won't be as able to get around or whatever, but you can still have a dynamic prayer ministry, uh, even if you can't do a whole lot. So um, don't miss the incredible opportunity of prayer. So number one, individual prayer, you should pray. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. So, suffering, hardships, difficult, physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, uh, disease or discouragement, doubt or anxiety, financial hardships or relationship conflicts, anything that causes trouble or affliction, we should pray. We should pray about all of the things before us. We should pray about all the difficulties we have. We should pray about the troubles we don't know what to do about. So, not this week, but the week before. I didn't know what to do during the week. So we had our wonderful grandson with us all last week and all this week. And um, actually last week and the week before. And so that was kind of busy, but I was praying, God, what should I do this week? And then I made a list and I got a lot done. And I believe because I prayed about it in advance that God allowed me to get a lot of good things done as far as my church work. So I don't have anybody telling me what to do. I just... I uh, have flexible scheduling and I'm responsible to get it done. So uh, I pray about it and God answers. Pray about everything. So I uh, have been having this problem with my truck. Uh, when I would come to a stop sign, right before I'd get to the stop sign, first I'd hear a click from what seemed like the front wheel. And then eventually it became a slamming noise. And I was really concerned the other day because I'm like, what's going on? Is the wheel bearing bad? Is the upper lower ball joint bad is the wheel going to fall off should I be concerned it's I'm coming to a stop sign and there's like one clap one bang and so I prayed about it and then I proceeded after I put the church signs out yesterday to take my front wheels off and look around and move stuff around and 
I noticed the brake spring was kind of moving and uh, that little metal piece that you put on your brakes there and somehow it had bent off to the side so I don't really know how that happened but I replaced it fixed it and currently I'm not hearing that noise at all now it could have been because it was jacked up in the air and it might come back but then I've got a few ideas of what to fix after that but anyway the thing was is I was all ready to try to fix the truck with my wallet I was like all ready to go out and buy buy a wheel bearing and buy an upper and lower ball joint and the tool to get it off and whatever it took to keep the thing on the road because you know new trucks are expensive but instead I prayed about it and then I wiggled the, the brake caliper little spring thing and then uh, I actually had an extra one on the shelf put it in I think it's fixed but so many times when you don't know what to do you should pray about it and maybe you'll save money maybe you'll save time maybe God will give you wisdom or insight or a connection, or somebody will come along and help. But how many things are you struggling with that you honestly can say, you know what, I didn't pray about that. I didn't pray about that. People go around and they say, I, don't, I pray for others, but I just don't feel right praying for myself. Or we do things and we run ahead of God and we say, well, God, I can take care of this on my own. I shared this at the men's Bible study. I've probably shared these things before, but uh, there was a time in our life when my wife and I first got married and she was in premature labor and on bed rest and she wasn't able to go to work and we were renting this place and this condo and I was um, stressing over paying the rent, didn't want to miss the rent. And it, so um, instead, I'm like, I have good credit. I will just pay it back later. So I went into debt to pay the rent and part of me is like, you know, I should just let the lady that owns the condo that we rent from, I didn't really know who she was, just let them know that we're having this issue, this difficulty, and, uh, you know, maybe she'll say, hey, don't worry about it. So, but I'm like, nobody does that. But eventually, uh, we ended up buying this condo, and she's like, come on out to my house. I just have this small house in Lake Minnetonka. So anyway, we go to her small house in Lake Minnetonka, and it turns out that uh, her small house on Lake Minnetonka uh, was the servants' quarters for a very large mansion on Lake Minnetonka, which means she lived in a very large house. And I'm pretty sure that if I would have done what I thought I would, when I was praying, what I should have done or thought I should have done, and just say, hey, you know what, we're struggling. Can you help us out? What can we do? I bet she would have said, don't worry about it. So it was just another investment property. But instead, I ran ahead of God. I ran ahead of God, and I didn't trust God because I said, I can do it myself. God, I got this. I'm a big boy. I got good credit. So, oh, could you help me pay that back, by the way, Lord? I'm just going to need your help from those payments. So, uh, could you help me find one of those low-interest cards? But anyway, what are you not praying about? We need to pray. There's so many things that we haven't prayed about. Are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. So, praises, praising God. You can sing praises from the Psalms. You can sing some of the stuff we sing in church. You know, the idea of having worship music in church isn't necessarily uh, a buffer time for you latecomers. It's not a time so that people can show off their musical gifts. It's a time that we're supposed to be praising and praying through music. Music is a great way for us to worship the Lord. And sometimes we hope that the music gets stuck in your head and sometimes you'll be going through your day and the music will encourage you. But often the most dangerous times in your Christian life is when everything is good. When everything is great. You don't need to pray about anything because, hey God, everything's great. What have I got to pray about? Local business owner, uh, we were uh, uh, at his dining establishment and I said, is there anything we can pray about for you? And he said, no, everything's great. So, okay, we'll pray about that. But nonetheless, we should sing praises. We should praise the Lord. We should be thankful. 
and still dependent upon those times when things are great. And there's, there seems to be this ebb and flow of life. You know, there are sunny days and storms, and often if you're having a sunny day period time, uh, time in life, you can know that there's probably a storm coming. And uh, just, just know it's coming, and God can help you get through it. But individual prayer. Number two, united prayer. Let them pray. It says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So let them pray. So together as a church, we should pray for each other and care about each other. In the old days, the hospital or the, yeah, when you go to the hospital, they'd always ask you, you know, what church or parish are you from? And then they notify the pastor that you were in the hospital. But because of the Privacy Act and everything now, they don't tell me anything. I don't have a clue that you're in the hospital unless you call. So don't expect me to come visit you if you didn't ask me to. Some people are in the hospital, but they don't want any visitors. So if you want us to come and pray with you and visit you in the hospital, you got to say, hey, I'm in the hospital. Probably going to be here a bit. I would love it if you could come and visit. And we will. But this calling of the elders of the church, the mature leaders of the church, to come and pray over you. So uh, this is often for the person that's so sick they can't get to church. The person that's so sick that they are like bedridden or stuck in the hospital or whatever, the leaders of the church come and pray over them, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, the Bible doesn't give a ton of instruction about the oil, but it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit and also the oil, like with the um, Good Samaritan, the oil was like a healing balm that could help uh, with the wounds, the wine cleanse the wound, the uh, oil uh, help preserve and help with healing. So we anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. And when I, when I think about you know, that, it reminds me of baptism. I mean, we are told that believers are believers baptized. Jesus went to John the Baptist and said, baptize me uh, to fulfill all righteousness. John the Baptist said, dude, you should baptize me. And Jesus is like, no, baptize me. This is the right thing to do. Jesus was baptized. He told us to go make believers, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things. So he tells us we should be baptized. And so baptism doesn't save us, but it's an outward sign of our inner commitment, like my wedding ring is. And so we get baptized and I'm like, wonder what the deal is with baptism. I mean, there's a country song that says I went down to the river and got baptized and it washed all my sins away. And it's like, theologically, that's not totally correct. Unless you just got saved that minute that you got baptized. But um, baptism is a landmark in your Christian life. If somebody ever says, when did you make a public proclamation of your faith, you can definitely say, it's when I was baptized. I told people how I had come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and then I got baptized, just like the Bible says, by immersion. So uh, it is a landmark in your Christian life. And when you go to the doctor and they say, I got some bad news, you got this, and it's not good, and we can treat it or we can't treat it or whatever, and so we've got some medical records to show it, we got some x-rays here to show your problem and these lab results and all this stuff, looks bad, you got a record there. You come to the elders of the church, they pray for you, they anoint you with oil. It's a landmark in your Christian life. You got the medical record, you remember when you were prayed for. Among other times, you were prayed for too. And then, and then maybe God will heal you. God doesn't choose to heal everybody, but He can heal you. Sometimes He heals you immediately. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes it's medical treatment. Sometimes it's a season of life you go through this. Uh, sometimes, like the Apostle Paul, you have a thorn in the flesh, it doesn't go away, you pray about it three times, and 
the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, and like Paul, you go, okay, well, I guess that's what I deal with, and that's what I live with. And if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, then we wouldn't be dealing with this whole problem with sickness. And when we spend eternity with the Lord in heaven, we won't have this problem with, with sickness. But here and now, we do have problems with sickness. And so if you are sick, have need, get people praying for you. So uh, we would love to have you come forward and uh, we'll pray for you and even anoint you with oil and uh, all that stuff. Just let us know in advance. But praying for you is huge. So a couple of years ago, for some reason, I kept getting like this vertical-like symptom and everybody was, my eye would twitch and everybody was spinning counterclockwise. One time I was preaching and uh, everybody over here in my, in my head was like spinning this way and I tried to hold it together and act like it wasn't bothering me. But you saw me up close, you could see my eye was twitching and it was really weird. And so uh, my doctor was the same doctor as our friend Mike Jacobs and uh, somebody who we prayed for that God didn't choose to heal. His name is on the highway, a member of our church here who died of brain cancer. Um, but he died faithfully and uh, great testimony to the Lord. But we, have, we share the same doctor. So after Mike died, I'm like, I got this problem. And the doctor's like, you think you have brain cancer, don't you? I'm like, yeah. Because of Mike? Yeah. He said, it's not contagious. I said, how do you know? But so I went and uh, he's like, if you can, if your insurance allows you, go see a neurologist and see what you don't have. So I went and they said, you get silent migraines. So uh, anyway, but still, I had this issue. I caused all sorts, caused like speech uh, arrest where, you know, I'd be talking and then I couldn't talk and it was, I thought it was going to ruin my life. And I had everybody I could find praying for me. So any pastor I knew, praying for me. I had everybody praying for me. I believe God healed me of that. But I prayed on my own. It didn't go away. I got everybody praying for me. And uh, pray. Let them pray. Let us pray. Pray together as a congregation, uh, united in prayer. Faith-filled prayer. Number three, faith-filled prayer. James 5.15, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Do you have faith? that God can heal? Do you have faith that God will heal? Do you have faith that God can answer your prayer? When you walk in faith, when you grow in God's Word, you, you grow in faith, and then you pray and expect. You don't always, um, you're not gonna, your faith isn't going to be crushed if you don't get the answer you want in the time that you want. You're not going to be crushed if things don't totally work out the way that you think, but you're going to pray about it in faith. You're going to put it in God's hands. You're going to have faith. The elders, when they pray for you, they're going to have faith that God can heal. You're going to have faith that it is possible and that Jesus' death on the cross in the atonement made it possible for us to ask for healing. We're not uh, saying that if you know, we lay hands on you that you will be healed and if you don't, that you don't have enough faith because God is sovereign and He will decide who is healed and who isn't. But we pray and we ask. And it also says, if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. So that doesn't mean that everybody that is sickness, everybody that has difficulty is that way because of they, their sin. Uh, some people genetically are born and they have this sin. Um, there was a, a blind man. The disciples were like, well, what, what, did his, what did his parents do or what did he do wrong? And Jesus is like, no, this, that's not his fault. It's just the thing that's going to glorify me. Um, but, so we can't assume that if you, somebody's got difficulty or sickness, it's because they committed some kind of sin. But it's possible that it is a result of sin. So if they feel convicted. If there is a sin, they should maybe uh, confess that. 
uh, to the elders, or uh, maybe it's a sin that uh, publicly they might, you know, maybe it was a public sin that they might want to address the church and say, you know, I fell into sin and ask God for forgiveness, ask God for forgiveness, and I, if He could forgive me, that would be great. But maybe it's bitterness. All these different things can actually cause you to uh, get sick. But nonetheless, sometimes God uses sickness as a form of discipline. If we have unconfessed sin in our life, we should confess it. But nonetheless, faith-filled prayer, we should pray in faith. Uh, And that goes with intercessory prayer. And they confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Pray for each other, intercessory prayer. You and I praying for each other, sometimes confessing our sins to each other. So that, what that really means is that means that you don't like air your sins to everybody and say, hey, I had a, you should have seen my week. Let me tell you about all the sins I committed. So, or I would like to address the congregation and talk about all of my sins. Uh, no, uh, if you've sinned against someone, maybe you need to go to them and say, you know, I, I did this and that was wrong. I'm sorry I treated you that way or said that about you and confess that. Or you come alongside somebody, maybe in a small group or somebody you trust, and you say, hey, you know what, I struggle with this and um, I was wondering if maybe we could get together and we can encourage each other and be accountable to each other and maybe like every now and then you can ask me how I'm doing with this thing I struggle with and we'll pray for each other and be accountable to each other. Those things will be good. But to pray for each other, to intercede for each other, uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit will put things on your mind and you'll be like, I should pray for that person. I, I feel like I should pray for that person. So pray and um, pray for each other so that you may... Be healed. Intercessory prayer, prayer for each other. Uh, Number five, earnest prayer. Earnest prayer has great power and wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, we uh, often want to say, well, I'm not perfectly righteous because I make mistakes. But in Jesus, when we are saved, when we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive His righteousness. So therefore, we can call ourselves a righteous person because of what Jesus has done but then again, if there's like an elder that has unconfessed sin in his life or her life, uh, in their life, that they would um, come alongside, uh, pray to have any of their, uh, whatever their sin is. Communion is a good time, actually, when the Holy Spirit brings it to mind to confess those sins before the Lord. But it's not like you have to go to a priest in the dark booth and confess your sin. It's not like you have to um, air all of your sins before each other. Uh, before each other, but earnest praying is one that has great faith. Earnest prayer is one that totally trusts God. Earnest prayer is a uh, knowledge and a trust that God hears and God can answer when we pray in Jesus' name that He hears and we can trust that. And then it talks about Elijah. So, number six, specific prayer. Uh, Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. So he prayed for no rain, and he was in tune with God's will. He knew what God wanted. He knew that God was going to display uh, his power before the Israelites, and uh, that he was going to show that he was truly uh, in control. So Elijah, God's representative, God's prophet, prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, and none fell for three and a half years. So, if God doesn't want it to snow for three and a half years, and somebody that's really in tune with God prays for that, no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to get it to snow. So, but then again, maybe you are that person from God who knows how much it's going to snow, and uh, you really got your prayers answered last year. So, all right. Um, But, 
specific prayer, specific prayer. We were running a little late because all the school stuff, but uh, so we're going to go a couple minutes over. I hope that's okay. If uh, you have to leave, go ahead, but I just need to finish this. Specific prayer. So I, I've prayed this, or I've, I've shared this before. Um, it was the thing that taught me about specific prayer. It was a huge thing in my, in my Christian life, and that's that uh, I really like this car. I bought this car after I got my wisdom teeth out. For some reason, I was under the influence of drugs, reading trading times, and my wife thought that, hey, it'd be okay if Chris went out, got some money, and bought this car. So I bought this car, and I like the car a lot, but it stalled on her in the intersection with the babies, and she was unhappy. So I had to get rid of it and get a four-door Cutlass Sierra, which in my mind was a girl's car, but I could only afford one car because I hardly made any money. And Julie was a stay-at-home mom and did some stuff on the side, but we prayed that this car would be gone before the insurance was due. And I put it up for sale, let everybody know it was for sale through the, we didn't have internet, through the publications that we had and everything. And so we're praying that on this specific, this car would be sold by the time the insurance was due. And we had it for sale and we prayed and nothing happened. And we would pray God's promises back to Him. So we would pray specific prayers. Matthew 6, 8. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You know, Lord, that we need to get rid of this car before the insurance is due. Uh, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Before that, it says the Father knows what you need before you ask Him. We need to be rid of this car by this date. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious about anything. Lord, I'm a little anxious because we got an extra car here and I can't afford the insurance. Uh, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God, you hear our request. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Lord, you hear me asking. We need to sell this car. Matthew, John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Am I in you? Yes, I am. Am I following you? Yes, I am. Lord, why do we still have this car? James 4, 2, you want something, you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Lord, I just bought a Cutlass Sierra for my wife with four doors because it fits the car seats better. It is the ugliest car in the world and I'm ready to go for it because I love my wife and my children. I've got this other car. Somebody's going to love it. Please sell it. Why is it still here? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust Him and He will do this. Psalm 37. Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I'm waiting. Nothing is happening. The day that we prayed it would be sold by, this guy comes, this kid comes along, and he drives it. And while he's driving it, the check engine light came on, and that had never happened before. I don't know why it came on, but he drove it. He didn't seem that interested. So I'm praying. I'm literally on my knees next to the bed, and I'm praying, God, it is that day. It is that night. I don't know if you're on a different time schedule or what's going on here, but I still have this car. I prayed specifically that we would get rid of it before the insurance was due and we're going to trust you, but I don't know what happened here. It's 10 o'clock at night. Knock on the door. Who is that? Go to the door. It was the kid who test drove it that, that morning. He's like, hey, I really liked your car. Here's the cash for it. Can I take it tonight? I've sold a lot of cars in my life. Uh, no one has ever showed up at 10 o'clock at night when you didn't think they were coming and say, here's the cash, can I take it tonight? So God answered my specific prayer at the very last minute, and uh, I didn't give up faith or hope, and I wish that I had that much faith when praying for everything else, but I did uh, push that with prayer promises, and God showed up at the last minute 
And that was one of the life lessons is God often shows up at the very last minute. When you confirm that you can't do it on your own, God shows up at the very last minute. I have all sorts of other stories about uh, answered prayer, but we don't have time for that. But uh, effective prayer, James 5.18. Elijah again, then he prayed again, and the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. I bet people listened to him and listened to God after that. The guy prays against rain, he prays for rain. Um, He's tight with God. Effective prayer, specific prayer. Effective prayer is uh, proactive prayer. Uh, Prayer uh, best is when you're not just praying for the needs at hand, but what could be, what could be in the future. Uh, when you're praying for those things, what a great way to spend your time in prayer. So I have a video example, and then we're going to have communion of prayer on the way to work. So this goes for two minutes, and then we will have the guys come up for, people come up for communion. So video example. it's morning already. I know I should be excited. I know this is a great opportunity, but I'm a little scared. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. Building relationships with these guys is hard. It's not easy to get them to trust me. Lord, what could I have done differently? Is there something I could have said or a chance I should have taken? don't want to miss out on an opportunity to help, to really make a difference in someone's life, but perhaps it's my fault. Maybe I'm getting in the way. At times, I just don't know what to say. I get tongue-tied. I must sound like an idiot. Lord, I understand. This is my mission field. You created me to work with my hands, and I love to do that, and I'm good at that. But I want to do more. I want to be your hands. Use me, Lord. This is the place you want me to be. This is my calling. I know that people are watching me. Lord, help me. Help me to be bold for you. I need your guidance and your wisdom. I'm just a regular guy. I need you to show me what to do. Place one person in my life today who is in need of you then help me. Help me rise to the occasion. Give me your strength, God. I am your servant. Let me be a witness today without hesitation or fear. Amen. Alright, so he was just praying as he was going. He was praying as he was getting up. He was praying as he was making his coffee. He was praying as he was heading to work. He's probably praying while he was working. So pray as you go. Uh, pray effectively. So many times uh, we can be like Jesus and rise up early in the morning and pray. Uh, sometimes we accidentally sleep in, but we can just constantly be in a spirit of prayer and communication with God, praying for all things. So I'll ask the guys to come forward and we'll have communion, but communion is a time when we remember what Jesus has done, that he died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to realize that you are a sinner, that the Bible says we all sin and fall short of God's glorious standard, and that by believing upon Jesus, we can be saved, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. 
And when we repent of our sin, when we turn from our sinful ways and turn to Jesus, that we can be saved. And a great way to do that is to ask. And praying is talking to God. So asking uh, in prayer something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and that I have done things that uh, are against your word and your law. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you. And if you've done something like that, if you are a believer, a follower of Jesus, you're welcome to take communion with us. So Paul said, I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And all around the world, in churches all around the world, people are taking communion in all different languages, uh, all different places. People are remembering because Jesus said this was important to do. So as the bread is passed out. All right, so um, First John here, as you are looking at that on the screen maybe, or maybe you're praying, but it says that God has given us eternal life. In verse 14 it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, according to his will, he hears us. So that means when you pray, you can know that you are being heard, and you should trust that God will answer according to his plan. Yes, no, wait, and you should pray that the Lord's, be, Lord's will be, will be done more than your will. But uh, Jesus, we just thank you so much that we can walk in this relationship with you. We thank you that prayer is the way we, re- we request resources and provision and help. Lord, that when you answer our prayers in amazing ways, we have a God experience, Lord. The God of the universe reached down from heaven to help us. Lord, it bolsters, our, it builds up our faith gives us a greater testimony to share. We thank you for answered prayer, and we also thank you for some of the prayers that we prayed and you chose not to answer out of your wisdom. Uh, Sometimes we don't understand, but we do trust. Jesus, we eat this in your name. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And that is the greatest hopeful promise ever is that Jesus is going to come back, that he will reward us according to what we've done, and that we are secure in him. So uh, what a great time to praise the Lord for what he's been doing and to thank him and maybe to recommit your life to him. So the music will play. I'll come back up in a minute. One time I was watching a TV sermon from Charles Stanley and he had this graph uh, that like had three circles and they intersected each other, overlapped each other. And it had to do with prayer. And one of them was the things that God was going to do out of his sovereignty that no matter what you prayed or didn't pray, God was going to do this. He's going to do it. No matter what you do, he's doing it. And then over here were the things that God was not going to do. No matter what you prayed, no matter how much you cried out, God was not going to do it. Not going to happen. And then he had this other section that God would have, God could have, if you would have asked, if you would have prayed, if you would have been persistent in prayer, God would have provided this, given this, provided that. Um, Sometimes I wonder, you know, if I would have prayed more, if I would have gotten this or that, or this would have changed. And there's other times when I prayed a lot about some things and it didn't happen, that I'm like, well, what if I would have fasted? What if I would have done more? And only God can figure that out. But so there are certain things we pray for that aren't going to happen, things we pray for that are going to happen, and a bunch of stuff that could be happening if we would pray more. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have an opportunity to grow in you, to fellowship with one another, to be used to serve you, 
to be acquiring eternal rewards while we're faithfully serving you, to be praying and asking for our needs and for others. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this life of faith that you've given us. We take this, we drink. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and the worship team's going to come up, sing a final song, and next week we're going to talk about, for those of you that are here on Labor Day Sunday, that God rewards good work. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.